Well, good morning. Man, um, it's so good uh, to be able to worship with you. It's so good to be able to um, reach out to the Lord, remember uh, that he is good and alive, and love that new song we sang this morning. And um, Man, that's uh, the heart cry of this church is that we just keep going after the presence of God, and that the more and more we go after the presence of God in our lives, <clears throat> the more and more we're changed and transformed into his image, the more we engage his heart, so we can consume his word, that God is doing his work of uh, transformation in us. And so uh, thankful to be able to do that with you guys this morning. I want to welcome everybody again. It is good to, to see you. Lots of our familiar faces and new faces as well. If this is your first time with us, really honored to have you. Uh, and we'd love to be able to connect with you. And the way that we do that is uh, in the chair back in front of you, in front of you you'll find a, a connection card. Uh, and so if you would, if you're first time, you grab that connection card, you can fill it out. And then after the service, you can take that to our foyer. We have a foyer right back over here, probably the way that you came in. You can go to that foyer. There's a table there. It's our welcome table. We'd love for you just to, to stop by there and uh, take that card. There'll be somebody there just to connect with you briefly. We just want to say thank you for coming. It means a lot that you've come to take time to worship with us. And so we're really gl glad and honored to have uh, you here with us. Uh, we have a small gift that we want to give to you uh, at that time, just our way of saying thank you for being here. So please take that opportunity. Uh, our, our family here is going to get ready. We're just going to uh, get ready to worship the Lord with tithes and offerings, just a way to proclaim uh, the goodness of God uh, by saying, Lord, we trust that you're taking care of every need that we have. Uh, and that's our declaration that we do before the Lord. So we do that here as a church family. If you're new, you don't need to feel any obligation. And our ushers are going to go ahead and pass those baskets along. Uh, family, those of you that are here with us, thank you for taking care of the needs. We know all of our members have made a covenant with us to help resource our church with what God has called us to. And so uh, thank you for doing that. And again, if you're new, you don't need to feel any obligation with that uh, this morning. Just a couple of things that we want to keep in front of everybody. Uh, first and foremost, tonight, we've been uh, saying this for a few weeks now, but tonight is our, our, a night for our students to kind of come together. If you are anywhere between 6th and, uh, and 12th grade senior in high school, we want you to just come and hang with us tonight. We're going to be bowling and eating pizza. It's all free. Uh, 6 o'clock at the Franklin Family Entertainment Center. We want you to come be a part of that. We're going to hang out and have a great time and uh, get to know each other. Uh, and then uh, we're looking forward to connecting every other week in some way, form, or fashion with all of our students. And so uh, um, we'll let you know about that. And if you're not, if you haven't been getting uh, emails, if you've got a student and you hadn't been getting emails and updates about uh, our student ministry, then you can let us know. Just grab that same connection card and let us know. And we'll make sure to get you on our list and let you know all the things that are going on with our students uh, this uh, summer. And then uh, we... Uh, our, while our, our small groups are winding down for this semester, uh, we always want to be encouraging people to, to jump into a small group. And if you're not a part of a small group, we want to help us to help find a, a group of people, 10, 12 people for you to be able to connect with. We want to be able to do that uh, with you. We want you to have a family of people that can encourage you and walk with you uh, in life. And so um, please let us know about that as well. And then finally, if when you came in, you got uh, a worship guide on the back as a place for you to take notes if you like taking notes. And one of the things that we're doing is <clears throat> in this series is we're tackling uh, the series. In fact, we're starting a brand new series this morning called Uncomplicated. Uh, and Uncomplicated is uh, the, uh, a study on how we'll look at the major relationships that we all have in our lives and how we can uh, navigate uh, the complexity of those with just some understanding from what God's heart is on that. But one of the things that we're doing is we're taking questions. And so here are the arenas that we're gonna be talking through. Friendship, uh, workplace relationships, marriage, and parenting. And uh, those are the arenas or those are the relationships we're going to be talking through over the next four weeks. And so what we're wanting to do is field as many questions as possible. And so if you have questions about any of those things, anything that pertains to your friendships or, and in fact, we're talking about friendship this morning, so you missed the boat on asking us questions about friendship. But, uh, but for workplace and for uh, uh, spouse relationships, for uh, kid relationships, you can text your questions to 
212-9290. Text us any question, and we're gonna do our best over the course of the series to answer uh, those questions that come in uh, for the series. So we want you to have that, all right? Uh, everybody grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one under the chair in front of you. I want you to go to, um, you can go to one of two places. You can go to Proverbs 17 or Galatians 6. And if you're super ambitious, you can bookmark both of those, like karate chop it with your hands and uh, put your spot in there and you can jump in with us. Uh, we're gonna look at a couple of scriptures this morning and I want us to, um, to be able to see the word of God together. I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll jump into uh, life, the word of God together. Let's pray. Father, we just want to come before you and say, we need your word. Your word is life. What you have to say brings hope and it brings joy and it brings truth. Allows us to be able to move with confidence and clarity. So we're asking for you to speak, and we know that it takes your Holy Spirit to come. It takes your spirit to awaken our hearts and to make your word alive. So we're just asking for your presence. We want to know you, we want to walk with you. So show us who you are, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there are essentially two types of people in the world, okay? Two types of people. There are people that when you open something that you have to put together, you follow the instructions. And then there are people that say, no, nah, I got this. No, I don't need the instructions. Now, we can do a quick poll. How many of you, when it's time to put something together or there's something that you need to, to maybe it's a recipe or it's a something, you know, some, something that's in a box. How many of you, like, I'm following the instructions to the letter of the law all the way? Raise your hands real high. Letter, okay. All right, following the instructions. All right. How many of you, and some of you are like, that's not you. Don't say that. That's not true. All right. I can already see it. How many of you are the ones you're like, you know what? I think I got this. I'm good. No, no, big, no big deal. Okay. All right. No, raise them high because these are the people you don't leave your kids with. All right. So they're just very scary. Like these are like, you're going to wing it a little bit. I'm not sure about that. All right. <clears throat> so the truth is this. So we've all had things, whether it's, you know, cooking or whether it's putting something together, we all have things that we've tried to, to put together. How many of you, like you've gone to YouTube and you're like, you have no idea. You go to YouTube and like, I, I, I think I can do this thing. Like you, you're the YouTube. I'll, I'll go and I'll try to figure this thing out. I've done that before. Uh, my wife is, uh, she does interior decoration. She does things. And, um, I, and I have had to learn like, uh, the, uh, you have to understand how electricity works or you're going to die when you hang this fan. And so I was like, all right, we got to figure out how this thing works. Make, make sure that uh, you do this right. In fact, um, uh, I, I remember the more complex that things are, the more important I've, I've discovered, the more important it is to follow the directions, right? The bigger the project is, you better make sure that you, you do it right. And so uh, one of the big things in our family is... Um, uh, my grandmother has some, um, she makes amazing food. Just, she made, I say makes, she made amazing food. She passed away a couple of years ago, but she had incredible recipes. And one of the, one of the most amazing things she ever made, uh, she's from Louisiana, so she made gumbo. Amazing gumbo. And I'm sorry, I'm just already stirring your heart for lunch. I'm sorry, we, we got a whole sermon, just chill. But, but she made this amazing gumbo. But if, I don't know, how, how many of you have ever made gumbo before? ever made gumbo? A couple of brave people. Here's the problem with gumbo is that you have to start with what they call a roux. And a roux is a mixture of some version of fat and flour. And, and so we were trying desperately to be able to recreate my grandmother's gumbo because it's the best thing this side of heaven. It's just like 
It's like Jesus and then my grandmother's gumbo. It's just right there, right? It's just like there. That's what, I felt. That's what we felt, and we always wanted to recreate it. But the problem is, is doing a roux is really, really, really hard, and it takes a long, long time for this particular recipe. So we'd be asked, I'd ask, so how, so how much of, of like this thing do you put in? She would just say, well, just, just, put a little, just put a little dash of that in, you're good. And I'd be like, I don't, what does that mean, dash? I'm going to mess this thing up. I'm going to poison our family if I don't get this right. I need to know how much of everything exactly. And she was like, well, I don't really have a recipe. And I'm like, I, I, that doesn't even compute for me. I, got, we get, we, I have to understand how to take each step along the way. And I make sure I do that every time. That's how I'm, I'm kind of wired. But we all, in fact, we all feel like whatever's the more complex something is, the more we want to make sure that we kind of follow the rules, so to speak, or we make sure that we take the right steps. The problem is this, the most complex thing I think we face in this life are relationships. Relationships, right? Because every person is wired so differently. Every human being brings their own story to the equation. And because every human being has their own story and their own way of thinking and their own way of interacting, because of that, there's really nothing more complex, I think, than interpersonal relationships. And the way to navigate these relationships, the best way to do that is to go back to what God intended, what he desired for those relationships. And the beauty is, is that all throughout the word, God gives clarity and indication for how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to interact with each of the kinds of relationships that we have in this life. And that's what we're doing over the next four weeks is saying, all right, listen, if relationships bring all of this kind of, uh, uh, of complexity, then Lord, what is at the heart of what you're trying to say? Like, how do we remove the complexity to understand, God, what's your word for how we interact with each other in all these arenas? That's what we wanna, wanna do. And so the secret we're going to find in the scripture and that the, in, in understanding the purpose of all these relationships is that every relationship requires relational intentionality. That's my big word for the morning, all right? Relational intentionality, meaning no relationship can go without understanding exactly what we're supposed to be accomplishing. And to whatever degree that we allow, because we're all so complex, to whatever degree that we don't act with a measure of intentionality, we're going to find ourselves frustrated with the complexity. We're going to find ourselves fumbling through, trying to make these relationships work somehow, or trying to remove the weight or the difficulty or the intensity of it. Uh, and if we don't act with a measure of intentionality, it'll consume us. And we'll find ourselves consumed by this thing called relationships. And so that's what we want to do. Now, of all of the relationships, maybe none of them has as much significance or is as weighty as friendships. Friendships. And the reason is this is because friendships are the relationships that we choose, right? Because you're born into your family. So you don't get to choose those relationships, right? You're stuck with those guys, all right? For better or for worse, your family's your family, you're stuck, okay? Your workplace, it, for the most part, your workplace, you don't get to choose those relationships either, right? You go work at a place and this is, this is, what, this is my lot. This is who I get to hang out with. We're gonna talk a little bit about that next week. Even your spouse, even your spouse, it's just a little bit different than friendships because we choose friendships and we have uh, those friendships, but uh, you, know, you hear the term fall in love you know, all the time. When it comes to a romantic relationship, you kind of fall in love. And what happens is, is maybe you're friends, but all of a sudden your heart starts doing something really weird. And it goes, ooh, you're a friend, but man, I like you. you know? And then all of a sudden, you didn't mean for it to happen, but something started to happen in your heart where it was like, hey, this friend thing is cool, but I want more than that. In fact, I remember um, when, I, when I was dating my wife, my wife, when we were dating, there was this moment we went in our dating relationship where she was like, hey, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure about this. And she, she's like, I got to hit the pause button here, which is 
a nice way of saying, I'm, I'm breaking up with you, okay? That's what she was saying. And I'm not really sure about this. Like, I, I, I was 28, and I'm, like, going. I'm, like, hey, I need a wife, and we're doing ministry. Let's do this, all right? And you're great, so let's do this together. And she's, like, huh, I, I'm not sure. And, and so she just said, hey, I, I, I think we need to pause. Uh, and I, I'm just, I don't know that I'm ready. But I, I, I would love to be friends. <laughs> kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, so, I, so I just remember, I remember going, um, that's awesome. But I just got to be honest with you. I don't want to just be friends. My heart's way past that point. So... Keith out. That's what I basically said. That's what I said. That, I mean, I just said, listen, I just can't, I can't be friends with you. This is not going to work. And I just literally said, like, I can't, I can't talk to you. So after I hung up, I was like, I can't, I just can't, I, I, I can't. She's like, I, I don't think it has to be that way. And I'm like, no, it, it has to be that way. And then I hung up the phone and I was like, <sighs> you know, it's just like heartbroken, heartbroken. Only girl that ever really broke my heart. So, but hey, because she was the only one that could break my heart. And I got her in the end anyway. All right, but what I said is, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And so, um, and then I just literally, I took all, because we didn't have, back then it was before phones. I mean, we had like flip phone. Uh, and so I didn't have all the pictures and stuff. So all, all the pictures I had of her were actually printed out. I stuffed them all in an envelope and I just shipped them off to my sister. I just said, take these. I can't handle it. I can't see her. So anyway, I don't even know why I was getting onto all that. What was I saying? Oh yeah. <laughs> so as much as you want it, you can listen, you get to choose friendships, even, but even with your spouse, there's a whole nother level, like where your heart just goes somewhere and that, and that's great. And that's awesome. So what that means is this, of all the relationships we have in life, friendships are the ones that we choose. And more than that, they have a massive impact on our lives. And we've been feeling this from the moment, honestly, that we hit puberty, right? As you can think back going all the way back to junior high and high school, and you guys that are in junior high and high school right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about, about the weight of what it feels for someone to like you or not like you, for someone to either be your friend or not be your friend. And the people that you spent time with, how much it shaped who you became. And we all remember that season. You students that are there right now, you guys that are you're learning how to do your own life and have relationships and, and, uh, and you'll have this. This happens all the time. You'll come home and your this is why your parents will harp on this thing. They'll be like, you'll come home and they'll say weird things like, you're a different person when you hang out with that guy. Or like, you act different whenever you hang out, whenever you're with that girl. And what you do is you just roll your eyes about as big as you possibly can. You're like, you don't even know what you're talking about. But the truth is, is they're, lit, they're sitting from a third party position and they're looking at you and they're going like this, I know who you are. But when you get around this group of people, all of a sudden who you are changes. And what we see as parents and what we felt when we were there as kids and the truth is what continues to happen even in our adult lives is this, the people that we spend time around shape who we become. Whether we like it or not, the people that we allow into the inner circle have a massive bearing on who we're becoming. And when we hang and when we spend time with these people, our attitudes are forming and our thought processes are forming. And listen, some of those can be really, really great and some of those can be really, really hurtful. This thing about friendship is a big, big deal. It's a big deal. And I'd say this, God is the one who says it's a big deal. God is the one who has set this whole thing up and he has designed for it. And listen to this. It's such a big deal. Jesus makes a statement in John chapter 15, and here's what he says about how he relates to us. And he says, listen, no longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. So the point and the power and the weight of, of friendship, we see from the heart of God towards 
us. That the way that God intends for us to begin to interact with him is through this picture, this idea of friendship. And what he's saying is this, listen, I don't want you to relate to me as a taskmaster. I've set up these earthly relationships called friendship for you to understand exactly how it is that I want to you to relate to me. I want you to relate to me like friendship in the place of choosing. I want to be with you. I want you want to be with me. There's this choosing that happens, this desire to be with me, a desire to follow me because I treat you like friends. And what he says in the text, he says, because I share the secrets of my heart with you. That's what he says. He says, listen, um, I don't call you servants. I call you friends because everything that the Father has told me, I give, I'm giving it to you all the things that are secrets. I don't want to relate as a taskmaster, right? But think about it. If you follow a dictator and what you get is you uh, subjugation. You will do what I tell you to and if you don't do that, then you will be punished. Or, or even, even the relationship with a, a master or a boss, right, is a, they may be using you to accomplish their purposes for themselves. But what a friend does a true friend, what a true friend does is I'm going for you, your good, and what's best for you. I'm for your good and what's best for you. And that's what we're going to do. Just we're going to take a few minutes this morning and discover these biblical truths that we see for what is it that is in God's heart for the relationships, that, the friendships that we have in this life. And the first is this, just like Jesus, listen, a true friend is working for your good. A true friend is working for your good, always. They're laying themselves down in a way to help you see and experience all that God has for you. They aren't using you to try to angle themselves to be able to get something for themselves. They're actually for you. Trying for your best. Proverbs chapter 17 puts it this way. A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. What they're saying is this, listen, I'm in. I'm in this thing and I choose because I love you. There's this constancy to true friendship. Listen, I'm, I'm willing to go there, go the distance, Right? And I'm not bailing when your mess gets messy. I'm ready to walk with you through this thing. I love this scripture. Listen, a friend actually loves at all times. And it's, he's born, she's born to walk with you through the hardships. To go through the valleys and to climb the mountaintops and to have someone with us accomplishing and walking through all those things that God has called for us to do. Now, I want to be clear. Working for your good and working for my good doesn't mean that they always agree with everything that we do, nor do they condone every behavior that we have, right? There is a place for a true friend to call out the things that we might be doing that aren't bringing joy in life or joy in God. That a true friend's going to actually deal with and help us walk through and challenge us to face the things that can, might be broken in our lives. You look at Galatians chapter six. Brothers, this is verse one. Listen, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, but bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Listen, a true friend is willing to endure through your mess. A true friend is willing to endure through your mess, meaning they're willing to come alongside you and be honest with you. And I love what this scripture is, is saying here because Paul, Paul's speaking to the church and he's saying, listen, listen, part of our role is to be around people who love us and are ready 
to bear the burdens, to, to say, I'm here with you. You ain't going through this alone. I'm going to walk with you through this thing. Part of that is just being able to say, listen, there are things going on in your life that are destructive, that aren't helpful, or, or they might be hurtful. And I want to help you and address those things with you, right? Now, this isn't some blank, by the way, this is not a blank check just to be like, hey, every time I see something I don't like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm hammering down on you. That's, that's not what this is. In fact, the scripture here, the indication is, what, what, what is it saying? If anyone is caught in any transgression, meaning this, if anyone finds themselves in this pattern that they can't get out of, find themselves in that pattern of, uh, they feel trapped, they, they can't, uh, jump out of what they're wrestling with. They're, they're, they're being harmed either by something that's going on in their life or they're choosing something that is harming other people and they don't know how to stop. And so, you say, it's, a, so it's not like, it. listen, if you find anybody that's got a problem, then you need to go confront them. That's not what the scripture's saying. What the thing's saying is, listen, if you find a brother, if you've got a sister or someone that's walking through something and, and, and it's bringing harm and there's a cycle here and they can't get out of it, it's, it's a good thing to share the burden and say, hey, I see something. I want to restore you. And I love the spirit with which it says, because it says right here, listen, do it with a spirit of gentleness, meaning this, real friends don't love and treasure confrontation. Real friends feel the weight of having to address those things, but they're willing to do it. This is at the heart and the core, not to bulldoze through, but here, they aren't going to bulldoze through, but they aren't going to avoid it either. They're willing to go to that place. They come to say this, here's something I see that's painful and difficult and harmful, and I understand how can I walk with you out of this? How can I see you through this moment? How can I come alongside you? Proverbs 18 puts it this way. Listen, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here's the picture that's being painted. Listen, you can go, you can have friends where you do lots of fun and cool things together, and that's great. It's great to have friendship. Lots. It's great to have friendships where you can hang out, have fun, talk about the game, or talk about the book, or the book club, or whatever it is that uh, you find commonality on. But listen, if the totality of your relationships exist in the arena out here, and not dealing with the arena that's in here, then you may find yourself really. Struggling. That's what this scripture says. It's not saying like, listen, you can't have a lot of friends. What it's saying is, if the totality of your relationships are on the surface and they're not going in here, then it could cause ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother that says, listen, I'm, I'm with you through this. The power of this is, 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 is this. There are people that can come alongside you that love you in a way that goes even beyond your own flesh and blood. This is what Jesus authored in his kingdom. There are people that can come and be a, a source of energy and strength for you that goes beyond anything you ever even experienced at home. In fact, I'd maybe put it this way. I think the indication from scripture when Jesus says, I call you friends, is that Jesus wants us and is calling for us to have these relationships. He's saying this is not just a good idea. What he's saying is it's necessary for the scope of our lives to have people that are able to speak this way to us. A friend, someone that we let in, someone that isn't there to let us down, someone that's gonna fight through that you're gonna have to be vulnerable with and transparent with. This is what we need. This is what God is designing for our lives. And it's important. It's actually something that God has said we need. I don't know if, um, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Castaway. 
You ever seen the movie Castaway? Just briefly, the movie Castaway is a guy is in an airplane. The airplane crashes, and he finds himself on a deserted island all by himself. No one else around. Um, and he's just a guy. He doesn't know how to, to do things. And there's a, there's a great famous scene where he finally makes fire, and it's, it's, really, it's Tom Hanks. You can imagine just Tom Hanks getting really excited about making fire for the first time. You get it. And so uh, he tries to survive. And so he, what, here's what he does. Is he does all the things that you have to do to survive. He learns how to hunt for food. He learns how to take care of himself. And he learns how to do all of the things to sustain his own life. But there's a point in the movie where you discover that even though he's figured out how to sustain his own life, the sheer weight of loneliness brings him to a place where he wants to take his own life. I want you to think about that for a moment. So he can continue to exist and he can continue to go on making sure that he's fed and, and sheltered from the storm. But when it comes to the idea of being alone, it was so overwhelming that it broke him. The thought of being alone, of not having anyone. But providentially, at least I'd say in the movie, he finds a friend. And his friend's name is Wilson. <laughs> and he finds a volleyball, and, and it's amazing. He begins to talk to Wilson like he's a human. And I, I think one of the, mo the most amazing things about this story is how a, a, a volleyball, a, I mean, a, an actual volleyball, becomes essentially a human to him. So much that when he tries to get off the island and he's finally able to get past the waves, he, fi he finds himself out in the middle of the ocean and he's so dead tired he falls asleep and Wilson falls off of his raft and Wilson is uh, uh, falling away, is floating away and he lit he's literally, he's frantic and he goes after Wilson, he can't get him and he's weeping and weeping. I, I feel like a little bit crying right now. I'm sorry, like, like Tom Hanks lost his Wilson. But you understand the way... How important, how powerful is the nature of friendship? Having someone who is there for you to talk with the real stuff of life, not to live on the surface. And I just want to say this. I'd say this is true in our culture, and I'd say this is especially true in Williamson County. We are masters at staying on the surface of not actually talking about the things that are broken, of acting, we do this really well, and I would say especially in church, of acting like things are okay when they're not, of pretending like we can continue to go on in life, no big deal, when really inside there's something that's hurting, decaying, dying and we aren't willing to say anything about it and open up. And I would be the first one to tell you that I don't love the idea of transparency. I'll tell you, standing on this stage, trying to, to be, being the pastor and being the one that's have, supposed to have it all figured out, be it honest with you, Transparency feels daunting to me, to be able to be transparent about my junk because I'm supposed to have it all figured out. And the truth is, is while I can say that from this stage, I think every one of us wrestles with this concept of being open and vulnerable to someone and saying, I don't have it all. Putting the face down and being real and saying, I need you to come and speak into the things that are going on in me. We get scared of the idea of relationships for those very reasons. One, being transparent, and two, just sometimes having those kinds of relationships takes work. It takes effort. And we just feel, just candidly, we, it's really easy to feel selfish and like, hey, you can figure your own stuff out. I don't wanna have to keep putting in, keep putting in, and keep putting in, and keep putting in. And, but there's a call that we see here from the word of God. If you want to understand the purpose and point of friendships, 
This is what Jesus is pointing to, saying, listen, it's hard to have someone talk to you about your faults. My wife and I got to have some conversations this weekend over some faults, some things in me that need to be addressed, some things and some attitudes, some ways of seeing life that are destructive. And that's a hard place to be. But it's what God has designed these friendships for. The constancy can be often overbearing, right? Just plowing through and continuing on. And it's easy to want to just back or, or to say, listen, I don't need that. Or, or that's for those kind of people who, who talk that way. But that's not what God's design is for friendship. Ultimately, this is what God wants for us. Not only does he, listen, not only does he want this for us to have these relationships, but he is calling us to be that for other people. We both need friendships and we were called to be a friend to someone else. It's both and. It's actually not just one or the other. And we're only able to find the kind of friends who will endure through that fire when we become ready to be that friend with someone else. That if you're looking for somebody who's going to come alongside you and encourage you and walk with you through the stuff and be real and honest with you and someone that you can be safely open with, that it starts with being willing to be that with someone else. By, by taking on the responsibility and saying, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that. In fact, this is actually the command that Jesus gives to us. John chapter 15, he says it this way. He says, listen, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And here's what he says. Love one another as I have loved you. There's the call. Love one another. Come alongside. I'm a friend to you, and I'm willing to go through all the transparency and vulnerability. Listen, is there anything more vulnerable than a man hanging on a cross? Jesus displayed that vulnerability, that willingness to go there with us to say, I'm willing to go to the end with you. I'm willing to walk all the way through this thing. He shows us the way. Is there anything more powerful than a king who would go to a cross and say, listen, I'm willing to endure the whole thing. I'm going all the way to hell on your behalf. See, Jesus paints the picture of friendship. He shows us the map. He gives us the understanding. This is how we walk through this thing. This is how this is how, what it means to be a friend and what it means to have a friend. That's what Jesus did for us. We both need to be a friend and we're both desperately needy of having a friend. And that's the truth. Now listen, I wanna be clear. Now you, can't, you, can't be best, you can't be besties with everyone. Let me put it that way. You can't have a thousand of these relationships. In fact, I think generally it's important to have some healthy boundaries, right? You can't be best friends with every person you come alongside. In fact, I think it's a little bit dangerous. I love Proverbs 25 puts it real, real succinctly and to the point. Proverbs 25, 17, let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you, right? <laughs> Just put it straightforward, okay? So here's the Bible saying this, listen, hey, healthy boundaries. It's okay to say no, okay, right? Not everyone can be that close friend, nor can you be that to everyone. You'd be exhausted, right? We have a limited amount of resource. But what it's saying is, do you have that place? Do you have those people that you're willing to go there and lay your life down and connect with? And do, do you have those people that are willing to do that for and with you, right? Because there is a plea and there is a call. Listen, when your faith is being tested, when you're wrestling with doubts, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who is speaking into you? Is it a coworker with a bad attitude? Who gets to shape who you and I are becoming? Who's the one that is speaking 
and telling and informing who are the ones that are doing that for us. This is a, a, an important thing. This is, this is what Jesus is really boiling down, if you will, and all the relational complexity. Here's the thing that he's hinting to. Listen, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The way that I've loved you, you love. This is what the call is. That's what he's asking us to do, to follow his example. Jesus, by the way, Jesus himself chose his friends, right? In fact, just last couple of weeks, we get to talk about Lazarus and, and, and Martha and Mary, his friends. We know the 12 that he chose, but even among the 12, Jesus had three, Peter, James, and John that were closest. And even among the three, he had John. That was his, his bestie. Jesus' bestie was John, all right? If you could put it in that vernacular. Jesus modeled this very thing even in his own life while he was here, showing how important this thing actually is. And so the question is this. All right, you may already have that. That may already exist in your life. It might not. And I'll be honest with you. It's entirely possible that you, you, your spouse is a great friend to you. It, it's entirely possible that they're not. In fact, there was an article that came out. It was on the front page of the New York, uh, New York Post, I believe it was, back in 2008 during the, uh, the, the financial crash. It was a guy who was worth $20 million, but because of the financial crash, he, his net worth went down to $8 million. And literally in the article on the front page, it said, listen, my wife is still spending like I'm still worth $20 million, but I, I, I can't tell her to stop spending that way, even though we don't have the money. I can't tell her to stop spending that way. He said, because, because I'm afraid, candidly, if, if I told her, she'll leave me. All right, so you, you can have a, you can have a listen, that, that's not friendship. Do you have a friend who's willing to jump with you, to, to jump, to go all the distance with you? That's what the Lord wants for each one of us. The question is how? How do we begin? How do we start? All right, step number one. This is it, and we're gonna finish with this. Step number one. Just grab a cup of coffee. Sit down over a cup of coffee. Just gotta, here's the coffee. Grab a cup of coffee and sit down with someone and say, hey, I just wanna get to know you better. It just start there. It's literally, it starts with a cup of coffee. Or, or possibly a large slab of meat. Just one of those two, like, one of those two things will sing to somebody, okay? What I'm really trying to say is this. If you need, if you don't have that in your life, the only way that begins starts by you being the one and just saying, listen, would you go to coffee? And can, can we take that one step? and just begin to say, God, would you show me the people that could speak into my life? Who are the people that I want shaping me? We don't do small groups to say we do small groups at this church. We wanna be around people that can help shape our lives. It's important to be around people who are thinking the same way that you and I are. Would you guys stand with me? going to take a minute. Jeremy, would you just you come up? Just, just you. I just want to do something for a minute. If you will, if, if you can, just close your eyes for a moment just to remove distractions. We just want to be before the Lord. Would you just begin, I just want to first and foremost, I want to take a minute just to, to tell the Lord, thank you. Say, Jesus, in fact, you might find yourself, you don't feel like you've got great friends on this earth, but you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, have the greatest friend in Christ. And would you just be willing to talk to him as a friend? In fact, he asked you to. He says, I don't, I don't call you servant, I call you friend. Would you talk to him as a friend? And would you just tell him how deeply important his friendship is to you?
And if you've struggled to think of Jesus as a friend, would you just be honest with him and say, Lord, I don't, when I talk to you, I don't feel like you're a friend. But I want to come there with you. Lord Jesus, we want to see you as our friend. We call you friend. You've called us friend. You share the things of your heart with us. You remind us of your goodness. You give it to You give that to us. And then would you just take a moment and say, Jesus, would you, would you bring friendships into my life to help shape me? just ask him, Lord, I I need somebody that can come alongside to be a light and encouragement to me. I feel alone. In fact, I feel this. Some of you just feel alone. You may have a lot of people around you, but you just have a sense of feeling alone. I'm just going to take a moment to pray over you. I'm not going to even ask you to raise your hands or come forward or any of that kind of thing. Would you just, before the Lord, if you're in the place where you feel alone, would you just right now be gut level honest with Jesus and say, Lord Lord Jesus, I feel alone. I don't feel like I really have anyone. Lord, would you come, would you bring the right people around me to love on me? to encourage me, to shape me, to help me become what you've called me to be. Even if it's painful, even if it's hard. Or give me friends that love you. Just ask him, would you do that for me? Would you bring godly relationships in my life that can shape me into the things that you've called me to be? And then finally, here's what we want to ask. Father, who are you asking me to be this friend to? Who can I befriend and encourage? Lord, would you show me how to step out? I may not have it all figured out, but I know I have you. In fact, if, if, uh, if you're hearing, you can't be a friend to anybody because you don't have your stuff figured out in this life, would you just reject that lie right now? Just say, I'm, I, am rege- I categorically reject the voice that would tell me I can't be a life-giving friend to someone. Lord, for those relationships that maybe have drifted apart over time, I'm asking that they'd be reinvigorated. For those that have felt like they could not be a friend because they had so much mess, Lord, I ask that you would show them that they can walk their head high, not because they haven't figured it out, but because, Lord, they have you. Lord, would you bring godly relationships around us? I pray you would continue to strengthen this church as a church that loves each other well, that we come alongside each other to bless each other, to speak life and words of blessing over each other. Would you grant that to this church? to this body, that we might come alongside each other for the best things that you have for us, to encourage each other on in the journey that you have. I feel just even right, I feel led to pray for students right now. If you're somewhere between, yeah, 10 and and 18 years old, I just wanna pray right now over you. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, life-giving relationships over these students. Parents, you be praying this right now with me. God, would you bring people around them that love Jesus? Would you bring people around them that are for them and their good? Would you bring people around them that wanna see them succeed and first and foremost in walking with you as King and Savior and 
to experience the fullness of life that you give to every person that calls on your name. I'm asking God for every young person in here that they would find themselves being shaped by godly people, godly friends, friends who are for them, not against them, who speak truth and life and not lies and deceit. I come against, in fact, I come against just bullying. I know that's a thing. Lord, where uh, students have felt bullied or they've felt torn by people that they've been around, other students and friends that they've been around in school, God, I pray that you'd protect them right now in the name of Jesus. I pray protection over each and every child in this place. And Father, I pray that for each one of us. We don't just ask for our kids. God, would you do that for us? life-giving relationships, life-giving friendships. It's worth investing in, God. Would you give us energy for the days ahead? We thank you. Thank you for friendship. Thank you for your friendship. In a moment, we're gonna have our, uh, some prayer partners down the front. And if you've just been feeling that, friend, that, that twinge maybe you haven't had, you haven't had a friend to come alongside you. We wanna pray with you about that. The truth is we'll pray with you about anything going on in your life. In fact, we, loved, we just love to pray with people. If that's you, would you just, after a service, I'm gonna dismiss here in a minute. Come forward, let us pray with you. Let us ask God to do his supernatural work with you and whatever it is that's going on in your life. If you feel comfortable just before we go, you could just put your hands out in an attitude of receiving. And you don't have to do that, but we love just to catch and receive from the Lord all that he has to give us before we go. Lord Jesus, right now we hold our hands out to you. We receive your friendship. I thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us, meaning you displayed your glad, kind, friendly heart toward us when we were not friendly to you. So we receive your friendship. I pray, God, that even as our hands are open, that we receive the gifts of friendship that you have in this life. Help us to grow in all that you have for us with other people around us. Lord, let us not stay on the shallow end. Let us go there, I pray. Even this week, we ask in Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty name. Amen, amen. Blessings, guys. Love you very much. We'll see you next week. Our prayer partners will be down front. Come get prayer.